Hi, this is Georgia Kimmy, and welcome to my podcast, Piney Woods Justice. East Texas is known as the Piney Woods, and I'm a criminal and family law attorney that practices in five or six different counties around this area, just north of Houston, near the Louisiana border. Right now, we are busy in election time, and if you heard an earlier podcast, I interviewed Al Sharanza for District Judge of the 159th District Court in Angelina County. His opponent is Todd Cassaw. He's also a good man, and he's also running Republican, and I also interviewed him. So that's what this podcast is about, to allow you to compare and contrast the two candidates. And as I said, they are both good men, both good lawyers. Um, I think it's going to be up to you to determine the differences, and if those differences are enough to sway your vote one way or the other to see if one could do a better job than the other. So, here we go with Mr. Cassaw. How are you doing, Todd? I'm good. Thank you. Okay, can you tell us a little bit about um, maybe your background and what brings you to Lufkin and the things you've done here? Okay. I came to Lufkin in 1990. Uh, Before that, I went to Texas A&M. I graduated in 1987. Uh, while I was a student at A&M, I was in the Corps of Cadets, graduated there, and then went to South Texas College of Law. While I was in my first year at South Texas College of Law, uh, because of my high grade point average, I was invited to be on South Texas Law Review. Ended up graduating in the top 25% of my class. I was in the Order of the Lite, which is an uh, honor society because of your grade point average. Eventually, uh, found my way to Lufkin and started working at Zaleski Law Firm. Paul White hired me, he was a lawyer here, and I worked with Paul White for 10 or 12 years or so before he became a judge. Uh, And I've been working here, even though the name on the wall has changed, I've been working here for 31 years doing a variety of cases, civil litigation, probate disputes, will contests, property disputes, representing businesses and people all across the state. Um, I'm also board certified. I was board, I became board certified in 1995 in personal injury trial law, and I've also become a member of the American Board of Trial Advocates, which is an invitation-only organization that has less than 1% of all trial lawyers in the nation are members of ABOTA, or American Board of Trial Advocates. I am married to my wife, Kim. We've been married 33 years. We have two kids, Katie and Tanner. They're both grown. Katie is the special ed counselor at the high school and Tanner works at the West Fraser Mill here in Lufkin. And he's married to Madison Barry Cassaw, who is the granddaughter of Joe Barry. Okay. Our former, the late Joe I Barry. I do know Joe Barry, yes. Uh-huh. Uh, former county judge. We are all members of Harmony Hill Baptist Church, mm-hmm. uh, and we've been all living and working in Angelina County since 1990. Well, what are some of the more um, memorable trials you've been in or your experience as a lawyer? I bet you have practiced in the 159th District Court. Yes, there's been, there's been quite, I mean, I've had cases from here 
to the Rio Grande Valley, to Dallas, to Beaumont. So you've been all over Texas. All over Texas, but also here in, in Angelina County. My best memory of a case was a case in which my client skidded 40 feet before hitting the rear end of the plaintiff. And we tried that case. I think it was in Angelina County. It may have it may have been Nacogdoches County, but I think it was in Angelina County. Uh, we tried that case for a few days, and the jury found no negligence on my client. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm going to take full credit for that, <laughs> but the plaintiff had a lot to do with that as well. Uh, but as far as you and I are concerned, it was all me as the lawyer. Right, right. Uh, but... There's been a lot of ca- the case that I handled. There's been two or three cases in the valley. Uh, that is that is like going to another country. Mm. The way they do things down there. I have not been down there. It is, it's a difficult process. And we've all read stories and things about how things go in the valley. And back at at that time, when I had those cases, it was like that. Oh wow! And I think the. About the time my case ended, the district clerk had been indicted oh. for corruption. <laughs> Whoa. And, yeah, and so it, that was not pleasant. No. Um, it was a difficult time to be representing that company. But, you know, there's been a lot of, a lot of different types of cases from, you know, people having store video where you catch people putting the water on the floor. Uh, and then... <laughs> You know, and, and then the case goes, that, <laughs> most of those cases don't go to trial once you show the lawyer, you know, hey, right, maybe you ought to take a look at that. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it's been a it's been an interesting time uh, over the years trying all these cases here and there and mm-hmm. everywhere else. Well, um, what do you feel like some of the issues are that confront Angelina County and East Texas in particular? You know, I think the, one of the biggest issues that we have, at least as it relates to the district court, is the backlog of cases. Um, that's something that we'll have to get to work on. Yeah, COVID um, created a big mess. <laughs> it's through no fault of anyone else. I mean, okay, so maybe we had some backlog before COVID, but COVID has really mm-hmm. made it a, a deep, deep, deep hole. Yeah, you're right. Um, and the district mm-hmm. attorney is doing the best that she can right now, but we're still not able to have as many trials or as or have trials as quickly as we did in the past. Um, mm-hmm. And so I'm hoping that we can get through this COVID stuff mm-hmm. and get back to work and and really start moving those cases. Once, as you well know, once you start setting these cases for trial, uh, that's going to help a lot of other cases resolve. Yes. Because they know, okay, well, if this case doesn't go or if they, if they resolve that case right before trial, I'm going. And so I better think about exactly what am I going to do? Am I going to go to trial or not? Uh, so we can, we can speed that along if we have a consistent trial docket. And everybody knows we're going to trial. And if, you're, if your case is not resolved, then you're gonna to go to trial. Yes. 
yes, a, a lot of people have been putting things off because they know that things, nothing's going to happen, you know, and they've got that one or two year window. And it's become, um, and I, it, I'm not being critical of anyone, but because we're all human and that's our natural, and not only are we human, we as lawyers procrastinate everything <laughs> as, as, a, as an industry. We have perfected the art of procrastination, uh, and so it's it's almost automatic. Well, if you can delay it, just put it off. That's what is going to happen, um, and it's in some cases it's beneficial for your client for it just to be delayed. Oh, sure, a lot of them uh, love that. And so, yeah, so you know, we have to eliminate that as an option. Uh, once we eliminate that as an option then I think we can start moving these cases uh, and, and clearing that docket. But it's going to take a while. Right. It's going to take a little bit of time. So. Well, I think, you know, uh, Judge White has started some specialty court programs, like his mental health and his drug court. How do you feel about those kinds of programs? Those are excellent. Um, and Judge White has, has really done a good job with the drug court it's my intention to keep that going. I've had a couple of people ask me, you know, well, when you become judge, what's going to happen to drug court? Nothing. I mean, it's going to go. <laughs> We're going to have drug court. Drug court is awesome. We absolutely need drug court, especially for these folks who have, have gotten themselves into drugs. You know, they, they're addicted. They have a problem. Um, many of them don't know any different. I mean, they don't know because they were raised in that environment. Exactly. That's a they don't know bad what, situation. They don't know what it looks like to not have drugs in your mm -hmm. life. Um, and so drug court mm -hmm. gives them the structure and the accountability mm -hmm. and the resources to actually see and say, hey, I don't have to live like this. I can, I can become a better person. Right, it's exactly um, right. You know, and I've ta I've talked to Judge White about it. Um, he told me that I need to bring a fresh set of eyes and look at it. It's not his drug court; those are his words. Uh, <laughs> that sounds like him. <laughs> you know, Judge White. I mean, he's very adamant. This is not my thing. This is a thing that got started when I was there. You know, he, he still deserves a ton of credit for that. But my intention is to bring a fresh set of eyes and it, everything can be improved. And so improve it, if possible, expand it. Now, there's limits to that, both monetary, you know, economic limits from the commissioner's court and legal limits in terms of what, how far can you take that. Um, but we should certainly look at that because if we can help more of these folks get out of that life and become a better person, they're less likely to be back in the system clogging up the dockets. Uh, and they're going to be productive in society, and everybody wins in that case. Right, right. And the community becomes safer unless property is stolen or destroyed. Right. Things like that. Well, um, you should come visit Drug Court then. Come on a Thursday night, or maybe you already have. Come sit in and, and see what happens.
But um, do you have any other ideas, things you might do, elected to the position? Well, the main thing is moving forward in terms of getting rid of the backlog. I mean, I think that has to be job one, is dealing with the backlog of cases. Uh, beyond that, you know, it's my intention to be the judge and handle those cases, handle all of those cases. I think it, it's to the person that's sitting at that table, whether they are a criminal defendant or the family of a victim mm -hmm. or a civil participant, mm -hmm. they're in a property dispute, it doesn't matter what the case is. To the person that's sitting at that table, that is the most important case of any case. Of course, right. And it's my intention to treat every single case as the most important case at that moment, at that time, because it is to them. Right. Uh, and it's my job to treat every single case as if it's the most important one. Uh, <clears throat> and so I intend to follow the law and you know, I'm limited by that sometimes. And sometimes, as a judge, you're not really thrilled with what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. But you have to do that because that's what the law says you have to do. Uh, <clears throat> and so those are, that's when it becomes a little harder to be a judge sometimes, where you really don't like the outcome. But yeah, you're, you're making me think of some of the Child Protective Services cases. Yes. We try to get the best outcome, but sometimes it's it's not pretty. The law does yeah. not allow sometimes you, you because as the judge you can't just say, "Well, I'm going to decide what it's going to be." Mm -hmm. uh, you know, you decide a lot of things, but in doing that, you have to follow the law. It's my intention that in following the law, I I will do and say. Uh, everything that comes out of my mouth, everything that I do, every decision that I make, I intend for it to be in a way that honors God. If I do that, then I will have done a good job. You're not going to get it right every time. But if, you're, if that's your mindset, then you are going to get it right almost every time. And on the occasions that there's an appeal and there's some technical reason why it's not right, the appellate court can explain that to all of us. But it, as long as I'm doing that, then I know that I will be doing the right thing. Well, that's a very humble and honorable approach. Wow. Well, that's, my, that's my whole reason for running for district judge, is to serve. Um, I, I want to be a humble servant to the county. Oh. I have years of service to the community as a volunteer or a community leader, uh, 28 years as chairman of the Angelina County Youth Fair. I was chairman before my kids were born. I was chairman while they were in 4-H, and now they're grown and I'm still the chairman. And that sounds like a lot of fun. <laughs> it's, it, is a, it is fun. It can yeah. be a pretty tough job sometimes because you have to as chairman you have to be the one to make the hard decisions to make the calls 
that nobody else wants to make, mm. which is very similar to being the district judge sometimes. You have to make those calls. You can't please everybody, huh? That's right. <laughs> uh, but in addition to that, I've been a chairman of the chamber board. I've served on the chamber board for many years. Mm -hmm. uh, had the, I was honored to receive the Butch McMullen Silver Spike Award in 2004. Uh, for outstanding community service. Mm -hmm. And so it's my intention to take that all of that service and make it a career and serve the county mm -hmm. as district judge for the next 15 or 20 years. Wow. Well, that's awesome. Very impressive. Yes, ma'am. Very impressive. Thank you. No, thank you. Thank you so much. And is there anything else you'd like to say? No. Mm -hmm. I would urge everyone to vote, make your choice. Mm -hmm. That's very important. Yes. Uh, yes. I will also urge them to choose me <laughs> as the district judge for 159. Okay. All right, then. Well, thank you very much, Mr. Casaw. Thank you. It's been a pleasure talking with you. I appreciate it. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.